Hi friends, are you currently walking through a season in your life that feels unexpectedly difficult as a result of a major decision or occurrence, particularly one that involved uprooting your well-established life well into your adulthood, and you found yourself in a situation where you're faced with the uphill task of rebuilding your life from scratch? Along with that excitement and possibilities also came anxiety and uncertainty. You're trying your done best to figure out how to fit in, how to stand out and everything in between. You're over small talks and you yearn for something more intimate, something deeper, something more honest and meaningful. You're ready to walk away from the resentment and negativity and from feeling lost and drained and you want to start taking charge and welcoming a life that's more intentional, more whole and more joyful. Most of all, you wish for a life where you can still live out your purpose and do what lights you up from within. If you're saying yes to all of the above, this podcast is for you. Join me as I take you along on my journey of being a fairly new migrant from Singapore to the US and share with you the ups and downs, the ins and outs of my new life in this new city and how I was able and continue to find this support tools, and community to help me arrive at a version of my life that's more aligned with my heart, head, and soul. We will hear from other experts, migrants, and transplants of this shared yet personal journey of living abroad, navigating the adjustments, tapping into their resiliency, and living out their lives in an intentional and purposeful way. We will also hear from guest experts, from therapists to wellness coaches to artists, and hear them share with us some tips, advice, and resources to support and inspire you as you continue to courageously navigate through this season. Together, we'll grow through what we go through. Together, we'll stand resilient and rooted. I'm your host, friend, and ally Lillian, and I'm beyond grateful and excited to have you on this journey with me. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of the Resilient and Rooted podcast. It would be January 1st, 2021 by the time you listen to this episode while I'm actually doing this recording a day before on 31st December 2020. It's surreal, so I'm going to just take a moment here. (laughs) Guys, we did it. We got here. It felt all too short, yet almost too long at the same time as I think about when it all blew up in March and we were told we have to stay home for a couple of weeks and the weeks became months and the months became more months. And here we are. Here we are. <sighs> I know I've said it before, but I just cannot help myself to wanna to wanna applaud you really hard and just give you a huge, huge hug for for arriving here because it's been such a year. Such a year. Having said that, I think there are lessons um, in 2020 that are worth us just taking stock of and even bringing forward with us to a new year. I think 2020 for me had given me an opportunity to, to really look at what matters, to really enjoy the little pleasures in life, to just uh, pay more attention to my mind, pay more attention to my health. Uh, I think it taught us to be grateful for the things that we had taken for granted, be it our health, be it 
the freedom we have to travel, be it the ability to to see people, to hug people. Um, and I think those are good lessons to take with us as we move forward. And for myself also, what I thought was really valuable was just learning to look inward and really doing more of what lights our hearts up. I've been really good to this past week. I've taken the time to just really, really tune out and slow down. And uh, thankfully, I was able to get some downtime from work. And I am still trying to heal from my wrist. And I also decided to extract a wisdom tooth on Monday. So I have really forced myself to be in a space of recovery and recuperation so that I can walk into 2021 feeling rested. And I hope you did that for yourself too, whatever it may look like. I also wanted to take a small moment to thank you, to thank you from the bottom of my heart for for your open hearts, for your graciousness, for making space for our connection, um, for being here, for cheering me on, for supporting me. Um, I'm not sure if I've already said this before, but I needed you to hear it again, and that is... Um, don't underestimate how much that meant for me. It has been a hard year. Um, I have been blessed with not having to deal with the um, impacts of the pandemics in ways that we know a lot of people and families are. Um, but I have definitely gone through a, a hard season during this year as well. And I thank you for holding space for me in ways big or small. Um, and I truly value the ability to come to you in this manner. And I truly am grateful um, to be able to serve, to be able to come to you and to be able to have a space in, in your hearts um, so thank you. Um, I also had a conversation with some um, females, Asian females living abroad in my Facebook group, and I encouraged them to think about one word you have or you plan to have for 2021. I think um, this is a little exercise that's quite similar to setting an intention um, and take it and take it a notch down not make it as big as a resolution but I think if we actually find a word to kind of stand by for the new year it helps us just be more intentional and aware as we um, take the actions on a daily basis that's the hope at least. So I wanted to share my word and my word for 2021 is align. I want to stay committed to listening to my heart, listening to what's inside and honoring all parts of myself. Yeah, truly honoring all parts of myself and really learn how to take care of and protect my energy. Um, and if it means drawing up healthy boundaries, if it means to take time to do what lights me up and what fills my cup, um, I want to stay committed to making sure that I do that. What would be your one word? Um, I would love to hear from you. So, well, you know where to reach me, either connect with me on IG or drop me an email. I'll be happy to hear from you. So as I reflected back on 2020 and what it looked like for me, I think it's undeniable that one of the hardest season of it all was working through and figuring out um, the reason why I'm even in Houston, which is the relationship with my fiance. It hit a 
hard point in 2020 and we were having to just figure a lot of stuff out and even consider whether it was worthwhile for us to keep going. Um, I'm happy to share that we have come full circle after I moved out and sat with myself, asked myself the hard questions, went through therapy and when we reconnected again, it felt like we were able to um, align and come to a much better place and we were able to communicate and relate and and relate to each other in a much more aware, intentional, caring and kind manner. And that that changed things. So I'm happy to share that I've since moved back into the house and we are going to do life together again. I think one of the biggest lessons and realization here is that relationships are not easy and it does take work. And I truly believe that there's no perfect couple. I think it's a relationship is as perfect as you make it out to be. And it's really down to the two people who are in it to make it work. So on that note, I wanted to bring you today a really hearty and warm, warm conversation that I had with a dear, dear friend of mine. Her name is Rachel J. Rachel is a connection coach and she focuses on supporting men with their mental and emotional health. What's really interesting about her was that she is certified as a platonic touch therapist. In our conversation, you will hear from her what got her there. Um, and I, I, I think you will find it very unsurprising once you hear from her because she is just, just like a warm, fuzzy blanket, you know? So me and her, we connected through the Made to Do This coaching program. And she is one of those humans whom I connected with instantly. And I think it was so beautiful to find someone within the program who shares uh, a very similar mission to myself, uh, which is to help people develop and cultivate meaningful and authentic connections. During our conversation, we dove deep into everything relationship related. We talked boundaries holding space for our partners. We talked about cross-cultural relationships, some advice on how to communicate, how to understand, how to have those harder conversations by starting small. I think there's a lot of value in that, in that conversation. And I believe you'll be able to take home a tip or two as to how you can better connect with your partner. So without further ado, here's Rachel. Take a listen. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you. Me too. Oh my gosh. It's been, it's been what, like a few months since we um, got out of the coaching program that we were both in and met each other there. It was, and I, and I've been telling people that you are just one of the brightest lights I've met in there and it was so like just like you were one of the first people that I connected with so I'm so happy that we're able to uh, keep uh, the connection going and that you are uh, willing to come on the show to share with my listeners more about what you do and what you've been up to so thank you for coming I appreciate it well thank you and you're so sweet and your words really like touch my heart and yeah, I mean, we connected pretty instantly, I think, because we both have similar missions. We want people to feel connection. And so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so glad that we have stayed connected after the program, you know, it feels really nice. Yeah. And, and I think that there's a deeper part to that too, because I feel like what I, I had, I was or am still kind of dealing with 
is so in line with what you do, which is mm. helping men with, you know, getting connected with the emotions, feelings, and just trying to make all that work with their partners. And that had, that was such a key thing that I've been working, you know, well, uh, since I came over from Singapore to, to the US, uh, it's not been easy. We'll, we'll, we'll dive more into that at a later point of this conversation, maybe first start by telling us um, what have you been up to more of what, who, like, what are you and who are you and what do you do? Sure. Yeah. Uh, So I am the connection coach and I support men's mental and emotional health by allowing them to feel seen and accepted. And I also offer a coaching component for men who desire deeper levels of intimacy with their partner. So that's kind of in a nutshell uh, what I do. And yeah, lately I have been seeing, you know, some momentum build. I did an interview recently for International Men's Health Awareness um, following November, and that's been really well received. And a lot of people have gotten some sort of eye-opening um, insights from yeah. that and and yeah. what leads men to feel disconnected and lonely in relationships. So yeah. the response has been really positive and that's very exciting. Yeah, no, I tuned into that interview too. And it was, it was pretty fascinating to just like kind of switch gears and think about say the the presence of things like extramarital affairs in that other perspective and point of view and how um, I think for the women in that, like that's in that situation, they feel like um, it is about them, right? Like it's about yes. I'm not sexy enough, I'm not good enough, and all that. But maybe all the men in that portion of the relationship needed was just that that space, that opportunity to open up emotionally, and that's missing in that relationship. So I thought that was that was pretty mind blowing because I think for the most part, like the first thing when I hear about extramarital affairs is like, it's a man's fault. (laughs) Right. And, and that's the conditioning that we all have, you know, but when we, and even as women having that perspective of like to think, Oh, if um, I'm being cheated on, I'm not sexy enough or something Mm -hmm. like that. We also tend to attribute men to just sex Men want sex and that's what's most important. But because of the general conditioning, men, um, men bond through physical intimacy and that's where their emotional attachment comes from. And so that is the sex for them is the emotional bond. And Mm -hmm. so it's really, we have to separate that out and realize that what's actually missing for them and causing them to feel lonely is that they're not experiencing that emotional bond. Um, So I think that that's something that, you know, is worth all of us considering at at a deeper level. Mm -hmm. And just as you were talking, I was just reminded of uh, one thing that you told me about you when we first connected that before the pandemic, what what you actually was doing. And I think that's worthwhile to just dive in a little bit and talk about it because I was amazed. I was like, that is, that's actually a job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. Like, could you share with the listeners a little bit more about you with your practice of touch? Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So um, what kind of led me to this work is that I was a platonic touch practitioner. Um, and so that's very in person, which the, you know, the pandemic changed all of that. Um, so essentially what that is, is holding space for people, but actually to same sort of concept to feel seen and accepted without any judgment or shame. Um, it's really, there's so much consent education as part yeah. of the platonic touch work, but it's how I describe it to people is um, it's, it's sort of the bridge between massage therapy and traditional talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Because if you go to get a massage, you're getting that, the, the touch sense, you know, um, and the benefits that come from that aspect, but they're not really going to have a conversation with you or let you vent about what's going on at work or in your relationship or with your family. That, that right. Be, right. Like traditionally. Yeah. And, um, and some massage therapists that I, you know, I do know that they, they often will have conversation at the beginning or at the end, but you know, mm-hmm. you're not having 
a deep emotional connection. Um, and then with talk therapy, they are they are legally not allowed to touch you. So mm-hmm. if you're going through something that's particularly hard or painful or traumatic and you need a hug, mm-hmm. they cannot give you a hug. So mm-hmm. it's so the platonic touch therapy is really a bridge between the two because it's holding space where you can actually give someone a hug who needs a hug and have that closeness um, as well as be the ear, the sounding board, you know, objective person to just allow them to feel seen and, uh, you know, and not feel like you're going to try to fix them or give unsolicited advice or analyze them in any sort of way. So it's like the best of both worlds. But with that, there's a lot of consent education because there's that physical component. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, talking about boundaries and reframing rejection so that, you know, we're so conditioned to hear no and take that personally as a personal rejection. And so Mm -hmm. it's about reframing the word no as well. So there's a lot that goes into that. And that Mm -hmm. is what sort of led me um, to, you know, just further into what it takes to truly connect with someone at an authentic Mm -hmm. level and take care of yourself and advocate for yourself in relationships and Mm -hmm. to where I'm now doing um, the coaching. Yeah. I think I can speak for many people that during the pandemic, what uh, just the lack there of physical connection with, with people really amplified how that was so essential. I would love like one of the first things I want to do after this is kind of all over is just a good 10 seconds hug, you know, like a, a good one. Like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. And we all that. know there's a difference between a good hug and a bad hug, right? Because like, right. sometimes you go in for a hug and somebody, you know, it's like the ass out sort of like, yeah, you know, pat on the back. I, like, I there's nothing that. there. Yeah. No. That's yeah. yeah. That's awkward. Like, okay. I think I'm going in too much. Maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's so awkward. And you don't get the oxytocin benefit because mm-hmm. the thing with the physical touch is that in as little as 20 seconds of healthy um, platonic touch, oxytocin yeah. is released throughout your system. And that's right. a feel good hormone that's, you know, similar to dopamine and serotonin. Okay. Well, that's all real <laughs> fascinating. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's just like, okay. So it's like on top of the fact that you provide that physical and touch element, you are actually providing this support more geared towards men than what we typically are more used to or know, which is the more feminine side of like, uh, you know, emotions and all that. And it's the the stigma that uh, females are the one that needs therapy and, and all that stuff. So it's all really cool. I'm really, it's so, it's just so fun to like know someone like that. And so let's kind of <laughs> dive a little deeper because I want to, I want to just learn, like before we actually go to the part whereby we um, share a bit of tips and advice on how to navigate relationships for uh, expats or people who are living abroad and moving and um, are in relationships with uh, someone, a partner that is of a complete different cultural, social uh, background than or upbringing than they were. And or, or even for couples who had moved from uh, A to B together, even and how they navigate those change in that relationship. I want to just hear a bit more about your story of like resilience. I'm I'm sure you have more than one story, but if you actually get thought about this one uh, season in your life where it was like you had to stay really true to yourself and stay resilient in a situation, would you be able to tell us a bit more about what that was like for you? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Um, (laughs) A few things come to mind, um, but one that I think would be more probably relevant for your audience is um, when I moved to New York five years ago from Northern California, Mm -hmm. I was leaving everything behind. um, And of course, it was just coast to coast. I wasn't moving to a new country like a lot of your listeners have experienced. Um, but there was still a bit of that. This is the world that I know and the safety and the comfort. And um, I'm forging ahead on a new path where I don't really know what to expect. And I don't have a circle there. I'm just 
jumping in. Mm -hmm. And um, so the piece that, you know, really sticks out to me with that is I was in a relationship. um, And before getting into the relationship, I already had the plan that I was going to be moving to New York within the year. Um, because my plan was to move to acting, move for acting school. That was what I was pursuing. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was already set. And then I became involved with somebody. And from the get go, I let him know, okay, well, this is my plan. Mm-hmm. And um, initially, it sounded like, okay, well, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get to that point. And then as the plan started to become more real, uh, that ended up not being the case of trying to figure it out. Um, and it was essentially, if I go, we're not going to stay together. And so I started to look at other programs, other schools, other locations that were closer to try and make it work. Um, and that was really not what I wanted. And, um, I really did a lot of soul searching and, you know, went back and forth a lot and had to figure out if this was the right move for me to make because there was a lot more involved that I was going to be giving up. I had a house that I was going to have to sell. You know, my family was there. My friends were there. So there were so many factors that were compounding this decision. And so I had to really figure out what was most important to me. And I obviously decided to go. because the programs that I was looking at um, at the time, you know, it just, they weren't locations that I wanted. They weren't the schools that spoke to me. And I knew that this was something that I needed to do for myself, for my own growth. And um, if he wasn't going to be on board, then he wasn't going to be on board. And, um, you know, having gone, you know, the journey that I had up to that point I wasn't, I didn't want to sacrifice my dreams for a very young relationship. It didn't make sense to do that. So, so that was a situation where I stayed true to what was important to me. And then I came and yeah, it was, it was definitely a challenge to move here and, and Mm -hmm. also be sad and be grieving the end of that relationship and feeling lonely Mm -hmm. and not having a network here and, you know, not knowing my way around and all that. But I knew it was my decision. Yeah. I personally know how much how much courage that took to like say that I'm 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 going to just focus on what I want and what I need and um and use that as my compass. So anything on the side as important pieces of my life they are, I needed them to kind of come together uh with that compass that I have. And if not, uh, it's either we, we try to make things work or not. Right. And, um, I, I just can personally relate as I listen to you sharing that, that piece or that season of your life, because like for me, I felt like that thought process was probably not thorough enough before I moved. And, Mm. um, I felt like the, just the the desire to want to begin the next phase of my life with my with my fiance just made it felt like it's going to be worth it and i had this picture and expectation of how it's going to look like and how and how it's going to be um and i think i i had put a lot of weight on that expectation um the fact that i felt like i've given up uh and uprooted my entire life there and having to come here and start over um and so and when we reached a point in the in the relationship where we had to go through some rough times especially during the first year of me being in Houston I found myself being in that same space as you did which is really asking the hard questions about like like am I actually happy here can can I actually be happy here and if not would it make more sense that perhaps going back to Singapore would just be a better 
a better decision? And what would that mean for our relationship? Like, do we try and make this work still like we had for a year of being long distance or is this really not going to work, right? So uh, I found myself going through that phase for like half a year of my, of, of my time here after that year, figuring out the big life questions. And that was very revealing and enlightening. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's something. It's definitely something. It's not, it's, it's, it's a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal. And I think that, you know, that time was really needed because now mm-hmm. you're able to approach it from a holistic, like, you know, sort of yeah. place where you are so much more in tune with yourself and what you need in that inner compass mm-hmm. to where you can approach the relationship from a different place rather than from this expectation that you had that, yeah. you know, we're never going to live up to the expectation and the picture that we have in our mind. Mm -hmm. So that time that you took was so necessary to be at this place that you are now where, you know, you're really coming together and you're working through everything. Yeah, for sure. And when I look back at that time that I gave to myself, it, it, it even made me rethink about the 30, 30, 31 years of my life in Singapore. Right. And then it kind of even reshaped, just my my idea around around commitment and relationship and and sense of self and and knowing what my boundaries are and even as far as you know um, kind of working with this whole people pleasing aspect and just taking care of myself more all those things and I think when I come from a place where my own cup is full um, and having that better awareness of my emotions and knowing how to kind of detach it from him like this is an emotion I'm feeling um, and let's try and see what's going on here instead of it's your fault that I'm feeling this way that changed the entire dynamic of of the relationship yeah Mm, that's such beautiful awareness to have yeah yeah it's crazy um Okay. Well, that was, thanks for sharing. Thanks for being that, that open with, with your heart and sharing that part of, of your life, because I think um, that helps to bring about a perspective that, you know, like we are really not alone in some of these seasons that we go through. And it's, it's quite amazing the hard things that we can actually overcome and uh, navigate. So um, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. So I would like us to dive in a little bit deeper about what are your views and advice when it comes to a relationship involving two people that grew up in very different ways. So um, I'm I'm Asian Singaporean and my fiance, he's, he's Hispanic, right? And he has lived most of his life as an American. Um, so it's his view, his viewpoints are different. Uh, way more broad and and open and there's a lot more um that's there's less reservations to to what people think what we say and all those things right so i think in in general if people look at that look look at me and him you can quite you can very much see that he is the more outspoken one he's the more uh, he's he has a stronger personality in the relationship i'm curious what uh have have you had experiences like working through or knowing about these dynamics in the relationship and and how would then what would be a tip or advice you think would be helpful to like practice between a couple like that sure yeah i i have been in relationships with a lot of people who have had different cultural upbringings than i have mm-hmm. and um you know, I mean, I want to be honest, I haven't always been good at like understanding no. what I'm about to advise you on, but you know, it's no. like, it's, it's a process that I have yeah. gotten a lot better yeah. at as I've, um, yeah. as I've been doing the work that I do, okay. but really it comes down to, you know, having the awareness of, um, I mean, first of all, that you come from different backgrounds and yeah. so your lived experiences are not the same. Your upbringings are not the same. Um, You know, whatever the family dynamic culturally is, is probably not the same. Um, Customs, traditions, mannerisms, you know, I mean, and this really goes for just anybody in general. It's like, we are all our uh, unique people having our own unique journey. Mm-hmm. with our own lived experiences. So um, 
the bottom line really is having empathy um, yeah. you know, and taking a moment to pause in a moment where, you know, you might become triggered in some way because the partner is doing something that just seems obvious, you know, to us, it's like, <laughs> why would you say that? Why, why would you think that this is okay? Yeah. Thank you for your vulnerability and sharing that. <laughs> it's like, that's not okay in my culture. Like, you know, you don't say. <laughs> right. So that's why these conversations need to happen so that we can understand more about each other and what would happen in each other's culture and, you know, understand better, like, because we are coming through our own lens of how we perceive and, and interpret information. Mm -hmm. And so we just have a natural tendency to project onto that from our own lived experiences and history. So the other person could be very well-meaning and have good intentions, but we just don't understand where we're coming from. So it's about, mm -hmm. I mean, if I could really like sort of succinctly mm -hmm. sum it up, it's about practicing listening to understand rather than listening to respond. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we get in a place where we tend to sort of like shut down immediately and we're ready to fire back, right? Yeah. With whatever, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, good or bad, but right. so like, our yeah. brains are constantly moving so much faster. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean... The big takeaway, I think, is to just really listen to one another to gain that understanding rather than to immediately respond because and to take that pause and think, okay, if I'm feeling triggered by this, you know, this yeah. is when it really becomes important. If I'm feeling triggered, is it possible that there was a different intention than how I received it? You wow. know, because from that place, then you have can have a conversation that is neutral mm -hmm. where you can say to your partner, so what I'm hearing from, from what you just said or what you just did yeah. is this, like, that's how I'm interpreting it. Is yeah. that what you meant? Because, you know, for me, yada, 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 you know, and then you can mm -hmm. have the dialogue yeah. where you understand each other. And then that's sort of like a learning block for next time. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully that behavior changes as you get to understand each other and each other's motivations and cultures better. Um, uh, the listeners can't see me, but I'm smiling because, <laughs> it's, because it's literally something that I've, I've just like now that me and him trying to kind of work things out again and getting back into each other's lives again and having gone through therapy, that was such a key thing uh, to to practice, which is like approach with curiosity instead mm. of judgment. And when when you do that, and if the, your partner is also you know having the desire to make things work, like you realize that you start having this dialogue, like you said, and you actually start learning things, something new about that person, right? And you and and going forward, you would know, for instance, uh, if something like money triggers him. You know that it's it's because he had a past relationship with money when he's growing up and all that, and then you just kind of work that together as a team, you know, with that intention in mind, and and that and that changes everything. Yes, yeah, you nailed it. I mean, that's because every bit is like a piece of new information when mm -hmm. we are able to like have a dialogue rather than a combative headbutting sort of you know confrontation. So, but when we get to have a dialogue and really be curious, then it's like, oh, information goes in the bucket, you know, and you're, and that in itself is a chance to connect on a deeper level with somebody because you're getting to know more of their story and their history than you might get on like, you know, after a few dates or something where you kind of do the resume style of like who we are, right? <laughs> right. So, so it's all information in, um, yeah, just an opportunity to be able to approach future situations, conflicts as a team, like you said, and, and um, you know, better understand how to get through that together. Yeah, because I'm, I'm also thinking back on um, how I, I realized that the way I knew him when he was in Singapore, when we first met and dated, felt like, felt very different from 
the him when he's back here in in his own natural habitat with friends and family around. And sorry, he sounded like an animal. His own natural habitat. <laughs> it made me giggle. <laughs> yeah, no, giggle. Um, so, and, and the thing is, we have had a conversation around that, and and his response was like, "No, I'm not a different person. Like I've treated you a when you went when we were in Singapore. I've I still treat you a when now that you're here. So I find myself just getting curious about." Would a person, I and I guess part of it is because when when we met in Singapore, he was he he didn't have his network or uh, or his connections with friends, family, right? He's just there for work, and that was it. So now that I threw that other stuff into the mix of who he is as a person, and I see him in this different lights in front of his family and his friends, it's like, huh, that's different. So. I'm I'm curious what what would like would you advise something along the lines that maybe it could uh help or it would be interesting to kind of consider that before even like that person in that setting before you even make that uh move yourself like just to understand that person in that habitat and be like and evaluate that before making that big decision of uprooting your life for instance Sure. I, that's an excellent question. And I think it's a very individual and personal choice, whether or not, you know, somebody yeah. uh, feels like it's necessary to do that. But mm-hmm. you bring up such a really good point because, you know, when we see somebody out of their comfort zone, out of their element, we're yeah. only seeing one dimension of them. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, the main thing, if it is true for you, that he do- has treated you the same way in Singapore and here, but it's just the, you know, the environment is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, would you say that that's true for you? The way he's treated you has remained constant? Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say that. That's awesome. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm really pleased even that he, um, you know, brought that up because that's, that's a really good point as well. But, but yeah, it's, um it's a huge life altering decision yeah. to put your life and move for someone. And it's, yeah. I do think that it's recommended. I would for sure recommend it um, yeah. to see other sides. I mean, a big part of it too, you know, tied with that question of um, how to kind of like be with a partner in that scenario is it's still important to maintain boundaries and, mm-hmm. you know, be able to, I mean, part of that is when you're feeling triggered and like be able to say, this is affecting me in this way. Is that how you meant it? You know, that's part of boundaries, but also just, okay, you're like, you're being a little bit extra right now. And I need to like go in another room for a bit and have some quiet yeah. time. And like, mm-hmm. like, I just need a little bit of space. Mm-hmm. All good. But, you know, being able to speak up for like what you need as well. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And I think, um, that was something that I have been, I, I have been, and I want to say that still struggle sometimes just being able to speak up for myself and, and, and not saying that you say it in a nasty way, like you could still come across kind and, and respectful, but, um, it's important to, to feel like you can, and, and you should talk about a need that you need fulfilled. Right. And then make that work between two people. Yeah. And I think that, that, that can be something that feels a bit more intimidating when you are in a relationship where the dynamics are like he, the, the male or he is the stronger, more dominant uh, character in the relationship. What you want to remember though, is one, um, you know, if you want the relationship to be lasting, mm-hmm. is it worth the cost of uh, being a pleaser the whole relationship and not feeling like you're being heard or that yeah. you're getting your needs met as well because of that dynamic, you know? So mm-hmm. it that's okay if you're not looking for a long-term relationship, but that's a, that's... A really hard dynamic to sustain happily for very long. Um, yeah. 
then the other thing, you know, a way that you could look at it to sort of, because I know that it can be really hard to like start setting boundaries, mm-hmm. um, is that that's actually really a sign of love, you know, that you're willing to set healthy boundaries. And by modeling what that looks like, mm-hmm. it allows the other person to also set healthy boundaries for themselves, where you both come from this place of understanding, this is not personal. And this is kind of where that no and rejection thing comes in. Yeah. It's not It's not personal. It's not that I don't want to spend this time with you, mm-hmm. but to fill my cup, you know, and so yeah. that I can be the best you know, of myself when we're together, I need some time to recharge on my own. And so when you're able to start like talking about boundaries in that Mm -hmm. sort of context, um, then, you know, it can be really, uh, symbiotic. That's, that's such a helpful tip. Like just even recognizing that, like establishing boundaries are are essential, and and, some, and sometimes that can be challenging. Growing up from say a, a more like a not in the American way of upbringing, where drawing boundaries or having boundaries, it's kind of it's kind of a foreign concept. It's not something that gets addressed. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely grateful that I that that was something that I kind of learned how to uh, establish for myself after having gone through therapy and speaking to people like yourself oh thank you I I'm just reminded of like a an experience that a friend of mine shared with me and she she's from Singapore and her and her, her husband both both moved from Singapore to the U.S. And I, I recall her uh, sharing with me this, this, um, this challenge that, that they are kind of working through, which was she is a more outgoing and social person and she wants to go out there and meet new friends, whereas he's more reserved and more someone that, no, let's just, even though we've moved, it's fine, it doesn't change anything, we're still going to stay in our little cocoon. Um, I, I wonder what... what advice or tip do you have with like maybe managing or having uh, that conversation between two people that have different uh, expectations about them, their little unit and the the new city that they live in? Like, how do you work around that? I I think it again comes back to um, being present with a person and, you know, what everything all comes back to is that we all want to feel seen. So mm-hmm. having a conversation would be um, a place to start where he could express, you know, if she gives him a chance to express like why it is that he is so attached to just staying in this same cocoon mm-hmm. expectation. And, you know, and she will have a chance to express why it's important for her to like go out and try to meet new people and make friends because both, you know, what I'm hearing from the situation and I don't know them at all, but what I'm hearing yeah. is that he possibly um, just as one option, you know, is feeling worried or has fears that if she meets new friends, he's going to get left behind. And as mm-hmm. the person who's the more reserved introverted partner in the relationship, right. he's going to end up being, you know, left home alone or, you know, He's not going to have a support system and then, you know, that'll be a really lonely thing. And so if they can have a conversation where he's able to express whatever that, that motivation is, you know, um, and she's able to express, you know, why it's important for her, then it's, you know, they're seeing each other and they're able to, you know, set those boundaries and, and understand truly the intention of where the other one's coming from. And from there, they can find a mutual yes. Right, right. And I think in addition to that, I would venture forward and say that if there's even that piece of consideration towards the other person in terms of like, if his fear was that he's going to be left behind, and you're going to be out there spending all these time outside making new friends, maybe even assure him or her that no, that's not going to be the case. We're going to have a plan. I'm only going to set aside these hours, but it's something that I need. I think that that would that piece of assurance would kind of change the game as well, I would say. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I want to note though, that it can't just be sort of like 
blanket assurance. There needs to be a dialogue there because if I, if you said to me, um, you know, oh, well, I don't really want you to go out because, you know, I'm going to be left alone. And I said, oh, don't worry. Like, I'm, I'm going to be back. Da, da, da. Does that actually assure you at a deep core level? Or are you still going to have the fear mm-hmm. that you're going to end up being left alone? Right. So mm-hmm. it's important to like get deeper into the conversation to understand like truly where the other person's coming from and allow both partners to feel safe expressing what that is and what's coming up so that then the reassurance feels genuine, like it sinks in at a deeper level. Yeah, let's just just peeling that back a little bit more. I, I, I know we have been talking about um, empathy and communication and genuinely wanting to understand, getting curious and the why behind uh, certain reactions and actions. I, I personally find that having like even instigating these communication can be can be daunting, like just even um, going deep with somebody and and, and them being all wanting to be in that same space as well. So based on experience, like what, what do you think we can do to encourage, like, even if you say, uh, let's set aside half an hour and light some candles or whatever, but like, what would you say would be some little things that you can try to encourage that, um, that setting? Really just start small, um, yeah. you know, just, Start to notice, even before trying to implement any different behaviors, just mm-hmm. start to notice and really have awareness of how you interact with your partner. You know, what um, what sorts of cues are you giving them by the way that you are looking at them? You know, when you're with them mm-hmm. and having a conversation, is your mind elsewhere or are you right there with that person? Are you making eye contact or are you looking elsewhere, getting distracted by your phone or the news or, you know, whatever's going on or kids, um, or kids. right? Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. what, what information is coming in yeah. that is taking your attention away from that person? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you notice yourself feeling pulled in these other directions, how do they then respond to that? You know, do they kind of like throw their hands up and it's like, forget it, you know, I'm fine. Or, you know what I mean? Like starting with just noticing and having the awareness of the dynamic and the communication between the two of you. Um, Because once you're aware, then you can start to make, you know, incremental changes to the behaviors to be able to build up to that place. Because it's like, it's like strength training, you know, you can't jump into benching 150 pounds, you have to like start really slowly so that the muscles have time to build. Right. So it's like that. Yeah. So just, yeah, just, so your tip, your advice would be just taking it in bite sizes and then just building up from there and making it more like a habit and, and even keeping it positive and light and then just start practicing it as a couple. Yeah. And it doesn't have to stay positive and light, you know, because, sure. because life is not always positive and light. No, it's just right. about, you know, um, to really be able to see transformation, you know, it has to be something that you're committed to that you want to do and doesn't feel so much like, Oh, now I need to remember to like, you know, give my partner a hug every morning and every night, you know, you don't have to jump into these things that you're not quite ready for if you don't have that foundation already. So just starting with like the awareness of how you communicate with each other, how you respect each other's boundaries and, um, hold space for one another and then you can start to slowly build and see those changes but it you don't want it to feel like work really yeah yeah oh my gosh i just felt like i sat here and went through a intense information <laughs> fail therapy session i love it it's so good oh i'm so glad, I'm so glad. <laughs> this is this has been so fun um I'm, oh. I'm sure the listeners have like picked up so many juicy advice from from just hearing you share about relationships and just the dynamics of that and and how men actually react and and the way they are in a di- in a, in a partnership and also um, some advice on how to 
try and work that while you are also navigating through like this new life in a new city type of situation. And then also uh, being with somebody that's not of the same upbringing and culture as uh, the, like the way they're brought up the same way as you do. And how do you work around that as well? And I think just to, if I could just sum it, sum it up simply, it would be just really communication and, and empathy. Mm. Right? To yeah. People. And yeah. just being present, you know, always come yeah. back to like the present moment and try to, because being able to be present and have that awareness um, keeps you from going down the rabbit hole of like what this could mean in the future or, yeah. you know, how this triggers your past, mm-hmm. you know, keep staying yeah. present and curious. Yeah. Okay. I, I just, <laughs> I mean, there's so much here and I, and I love every minute of it. I want to really thank you for coming on Rachel. I want to wrap it up with rapid fire questions, but before <laughs> that, tell my listeners where and how they can keep being in your realm of amazingness. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So you can follow me on Instagram. I am at rachelj.co and um, I have a website, www.marriagemvp.com. MVP is in like most valuable player. And I'm on LinkedIn as Rachel J um, and on Facebook, the connection coach. Yay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to include all uh, the links to, connecting with you in the show notes so then people are not scrambling at this point and getting confused so (laughs) it will be there Um, okay let's close this session with a list of rapid fire questions i have here which uh, i I just love just just to get to know you and for my listeners to know you a bit better okay question one what is your favorite season of the year spring spring Mm -hmm. I like that too. Spring and summer for me, for yeah, sure. Yeah, me too. All day long. <laughs> yes. um, what is your favorite thing to do for self-care? Um, uh, read and yeah. meditate, journal, mm-hmm. take a bath, take a nap if I need to, um, and watch Friends. <laughs> that always cheers me up. I I will be honest that I haven't gone through the entire thing and I've and I actually know people who have watched it like five times all around I'm like how is that possible uh I might have them be <laughs> <laughs> come over hang out and we'll go yeah, I know I know when this is all over it's happening I would love for us to sit around a fire pit and you know just cozy up and uh, that's that's gonna be yeah, so, that's so lovely. I know for that Right. Um, Favorite mantra? I am. And then fill in the blank. Yes. So simple and so, so divine and so good. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, What book are you currently reading or listening to? Um, A fiction book that I'm reading currently is Ready Player One. And I know I'm a little bit late on that. They've already made a movie, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> and nonfiction, I'm reading Women Who Run With the Wolves. And I'm actually getting ready to start a book. Um, I'm going to be co-leading a book club with Yay! Jennifer Langra from Drinking the Whole Bottle that's going to be around like personal development and um, growth and sort of like leveling up. And so the book that we're going to read for that, which I haven't quite started yet, but getting there is called The Art of Gathering. And so um, I'm excited because that's all yeah. about intentional yeah, time. Oh my gosh, that's like a yes, yes, and yes for me. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm standing in line, sign me up, take my money. <laughs> We'd love to have you. Oh my gosh, yeah, no, definitely. Oh, that's that's because I love to read too. Oh, so the, the idea of like a club whereby we all read the same thing and we discuss things in the book is just it's golden. I love that. Oh yay! Yeah. Okay, and oh, and then with with you, oh my gosh, and Jennifer, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's totally happening. That's totally happening. Um, okay, last but not least, what would be the first thing you desire to do after? this social distancing pandemic situation is done and over? Uh, The very first thing would be go for a walk outside without a mask on 
and be able to really breathe in the fresh air and be able to smile at strangers because that is like one of the things I miss the most is being able Mm -hmm. to smile and chat with people and them know, you know, like, oh, this is a friendly person and not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't like unless you have eyes that smile, it's just. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm walking down the street and I'm like extra smiling hard so that they can see the crinkles in my eyes. Like, I'm smiling at you. I don't know if you know, but yeah, I miss that a lot. So that would be the very first thing. Yes, yes. I love that. Rachel, thank you uh, so, so much for coming on. I mean, I don't take the time. Time is a valuable asset and I don't take any part of that for granted. So thank you oh, so much. Oh, so my pleasure. Thank me. you so much fun talking with you and I just really appreciate the conversation and you know the ability to maintain the connection and have these conversations so thank you thank you thank you thank you Rachel (laughs) how fun was that did you enjoy the conversation I found myself just completely falling in love with this human when I was editing the episode and I feel like I could just speak to her forever and ever. So I truly cannot wait for um, traveling to be less of an issue again because I would love to hang out with this girl in person and I can totally see us just jamming away for hours. So here are the takeaways. Time you hug somebody, make it good and whole by letting it go at least 20 seconds long because that's when feel-good oxytocins get released. Number two, practice listening to understand instead of listening to respond. Number three, always make space for conversations that aims to understand each other. Number four, Approach with curiosity instead of judgment. Number five, when a dialogue occurs, we create the chance to learn new information about that person and an opportunity to connect. Number six, setting healthy boundaries is a sign of love. Number seven, lead by example. And lastly, number eight, start small and keep those conversations in bite sizes. I hope you took as much out of that conversation with Rachel as much as I did. And if you have enjoyed being in the realm of Rachel's magic, I encourage you to connect with her and you can do so through her Instagram, which is at rachelj.co and also check out the tons of quizzes, programs, and her free downloads and her offers through her website, marriagemvp.com. I will be sharing all the links to all of that in the show notes below. So definitely go check it out. And if you are interested to be part of the Epic Book Club that Rachel and I was jamming about, uh, feel free to join as well. I will personally be there because I love reading and I will not say no to spending more time with Rachel. So if you're interested in that and being part of that club as well, feel free to check out the link which is available in the bio of Rachel's Instagram. As always, I wanted to thank you for spending your time here with me. I do not, do not take that for granted. So thank you so much. If you're interested to share with me your one word for 2021 or um, as shared or mentioned in my previous episode where I said that I am curious if you would be interested to share a short story or excerpt or video of um, 2020 in Reflections, I'll be happy to receive those too. Um, I look forward to connecting with you and speaking to you in the next episode. Till then, enjoy your New Year's celebration, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Friends, I cannot express enough how thankful I am that you're here spending your time with me. I know life gets busy and I truly believe that time is easily the greatest gift that one can give. I do not take this for granted, so here's me saying thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. So I'm curious. Did you enjoy this episode? Were there parts that were shared or discussed during the episode relatable, or did you find yourself getting curious or enlightened about something we talked about? Whatever it may be, I want you to know that I would love to hear from you. You can do so by either connecting and direct messaging me on Instagram at resilient underscore and underscore rooted, or if you would like to reach out to me in a slightly more formal way, you can write to me at hello dot resilient and rooted at gmail dot com. Any feedback, thoughts, or even topics that you wish for us to dive deeper into. I'm more than welcome to receive those messages from you, and I cannot wait to hear them. Could you think of one friend who would enjoy and find what was shared in this episode valuable? If so, I encourage you to share the link to the show with them, because not only would you be helping a friend feel more supported and less alone as they navigate through a challenging season in their life, you'll also be helping your girl here get the show out to others who could use this safe space and this community right now. Once again, thank you so much for being here and for allowing me to bring this life-giving experience into your ears and life. And thank you so much for growing and journeying with me on this one hack of an adventure called life. I'll speak to you next week.